Chewing. No, I've already started, dude. This is how we're gonna start it. You're chewing. What an asshole. You're chew what are you eating right now? I'm eating a zebra cake. You're eating a zebra cake? Oh, yeah. It's also a big reason why I'm probably fat. Dude, I'm getting fat. I'm getting fat. Like, oh, I've, I weighed fat. myself since me and Nikki got this place. I've gained 20 pounds. Nice. I think I'm about, I'm, I'm about the same. I'm going to start my diet back this week. And By the way, everybody, two big news. The most important news is we have a new intro. No, I'm just kidding. We'll get to that in a second. We do have a new intro. We do it's have a new intro. Important. Colton here just had his second Bobby. I did, and he was a big old bitch. Big old bitch. How, how oh, big was yeah. your baby? Nine pounds, seven ounces. Nine pounds. Dude, I was actually going to try to visit today, but I decided no. I was so busy today, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I was like, dude, you have... Every time I called you, it sounded like there was a bunch of shit going on in the background. Like, kids. Yeah, and like, people in and out. Well, no, that's just my kid. Oh, okay. Well, your kid's it's loud like as people fuck, people in dude. and out. Then I had to do inventory. Like, there's just a lot of shit. Yeah, I didn't want to be there for that at all. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. But in second news, second news, and the next bit of news, we have a new intro. The shit you heard before we started doing the talky talk. The intro was made by IBPU Bop, aka Joshua Farley. He also has a band, I think they're called Eavesdroppers. Like three of my friends are in the band. Uh, it is Dwayne Farley, Joshua Farley, Sarah Hill. I don't know their drummer's name. They have a single out right now called Dog Shit. Be sure to check it out. We're going to be linking it on our Twitter, our Instagram, the Facebook page. Anything we can do to really help them grow like they've helped us with the intro. So, so very thankful. I'm going to do a plug. Okay, do a plug. But it has absolutely nothing to do with us. Okay. So I bought these new shirts from a company <laughs> named Sullen. Yeah. They're so comfy. So comfy. <laughs> they are, and they're pretty, they look pretty badass. I was very skeptical, because I paid, I think, the 80, 70 bucks, 70 or 80, for, like, a pack of random five shirts. Oh. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get, like, the shitty blank ones. And you know, this has cry. absolutely nothing to do with anything that we ever talk about. I know. That's why I said it has nothing to do this with is, it. I just wanted is... to say that they are awesome. And they're awesome. comfy, and they have nothing to do with us or anything we've ever talked about. <laughs> speaking of awesome. I just wanted to say it. You just okay? wanted to say it. Okay. Well, speaking of awesome, yes. Love and Horror, another podcast out there has reached one year being on live. Congratulations. I took a shot in their honor. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to do a shot after this. Congratulations to Love and Horror. Bitch, you better do your shot right now. You want to do my shot right now? Right fucking right meow. Right now? Okay. Hold on. Give Let them, me... put respect on their I'll name. I'll put respect on their name. Give me one second. All right. I had to pause the podcast. Oh, God. Hold on. I got a burp. Is it coming? Is it coming? Burp. God damn it. No, it's not coming. Burping? What? <laughs> are you having sex or burping? I don't know, dude. I just, I can't. Hold on. Is it, I can't. It's your, God. Oh, my God. I can't burp, dude. I've never been able to burp. When I was a kid, I just farted. Like, I, all I did was <laughs> fart. And my mom and dad thought there was something wrong with me. And they just, they something took me to the doctor. And they're like, nah, he just, he just farts. So I'd be like, I always feel the bubble. I got to do this shot for love and or congratulations guys for being on the, uh, the podcast sphere podcast verse, the Potterverse. I guess, we'll go with it. No, that's like Harry Potter. No, that's not. That's like metaverse dog. No, that's like Harry Potter. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, you guys have been crushing it for a year. Congratulations. I got me a shot of Jameson for you. Pitter, pitter. <laughs> I got shit. <laughs> I was so Give hot. Your balls a tug. Why the fuck was that a hot shot? <laughs> God damn, I got me some water right here. If you like rom coms and horror movies, you'll like This Is Horror. Love, love and Horror. Love and This Is oh, Horror. Fucked up their name. This Horror. This Is Horror. <laughs> love and Horror. You should check it out if you like rom coms and horror movies. So I do have a question for you. What's the question? Have you ever wondered? If you ask me the same What it's like to have question, sex with a dolphin. No, dude. No. Why do you... Every fucking you day... I'm taking things? my glasses off. Every fucking Why, day, this guy calls me. Like, Actually, we haven't weird. talked that much on the phone since you've had a baby, and it's kind of aggravating. I feel I've like been, I'm neglected. Because I've barely been at work. 
feel I'm like so busy. You know, maybe that baby's more important than I am. I mean, it kind of is. Oh, no, no, I'm your best friend. <laughs> I'm your best friend. So therefore, but to get away from bestiality here, what's up with your suicidal dog? <laughs> oh my god, dude! I actually just like had a face bomb real quick. So it's not our fucking dog. No, I know. Nikki volunteered to watch one of her client's dogs, and we bring it here. And her client's like, "Yeah, be sure like not to have the windows open." <laughs> and because the dog likes to dive at the windows full force and it just kept and this was aggravating me and I nicknamed it Geronimo I mean that's a pretty good nickname I feel like oh <laughs> you're gonna be okay I'm gonna be fine I just had to take a sip of water so what, outside of having a baby, what else have you been doing with your time since you've been at home? Elden Ring. Elden Ring, that's it? Pretty much. I had to, like, take a break because I'm yelling a lot because I found Milena. Oh, yeah? And she's clapping my cheeks. Clapping? Dude, I, I gave up on Elden Ring. I don't know if I told you that or not. No, you did not. I gave up on it about a week ago. <laughs> I refuse to give up. I just, I don't know, dude. I've been playing Tim Tim. Tim Tim a lot. And that's like Pokemon MMO. Oh my god! It's like a, it's like the opposite of Elden Ring. <laughs> I'd be playing Elden Ring. I can literally like I don't have like blood pressure problems, you know, until I started playing Elden Ring. I mean, like I've played every Soul game, Souls one through three, Bloodborne. I have played Sekiro. I have played all these games. Elden Ring makes, like, I can, like, oh, God, dude, when I fight people, I can feel my asshole just clinch. Like, I'm just, like, I'm so fucking, like, I get so mad. I'm not, I am an angry person. I'm a very angry person. But I get twice as angry when I play that game. And then Nikki tries to talk to me afterwards. She's like, yeah. hey, what's going on? I'm like, I don't want to fucking talk right now. You I just want to rip a shot at James and go to sleep. And she's like, what's wrong? And you I'm like, it's the video during- game. Or after Elden Ring. You can't. Unless, if it's like just a grinding session where you're not really doing anything, it's just kind of chill. You haven't really found a hard boss yet. Or like right after you kill a boss, you're like on that high, like, hell yeah. But like, I was up till one in the morning playing, fighting Milena, and I was like, fuck everything and everyone. Yeah, because that's what the game turns you into. It turns you, I'm an asshole, it turns me into a bigger asshole. So I need a game that calms me down. Like Animal Crossing. I need no, to play I Animal need, Crossing. I need to stay angry, so I need these games. I don't I don't need to be angry. I feel like that's the last thing I need. I feel like I'm going through life pretty well being angry. So let's just keep doing it. I don't think I am. I flicked a cigar at per, like at people. Yeah, you're a douchebag. I'm not a douchebag. Like it was alright. Have we talked about this on, on the podcast? We, we have. We and have. Alright, sure that guy was being a on dick. On my side, you were being a douchebag. No, he was being a dick. No. Has anyone agreed that I've been an a- that it was my fault on that? I'm pretty sure most people will. No. You no. escalated it. It's not my fault. Yes. No. I didn't say it was your fault. I just say you escalated it like an asshole. I well, he was being a dick, and I stood up for myself. <laughs> I don't believe you. Well, believe whatever you want, there, asshole. bud. But before we get, we have a, we've been kind of like sidetracking before we get into this episode because it is a doozy of an episode. It is a lot of information. It is a lot of fucked up information. So we're going to give you a palate cleanser. Um, <laughs> a palate cleanser? A palate cleanser. A monkey was found. <laughs> <laughs> the cartel, there was a shootout with a cartel. And what people found was apparently when we fought the cartel, we shot a monkey that had a bulletproof vest on it. The monkey belonged to a cartel boss as a pet. And that's how they're trying to get him out by putting a bulletproof vest on him. (laughs) Clearly, it did not work. I have not found this yet, so I'm not saying that it is certain. I'm just going to call it a conspiracy. 
There is rumor that there is a video that came out of Australia with proof that the Megalodon still alive. Dude, I actually, dude, you told me about this. I can't find it. Oh, I, I kind of want to find it right now. Jimmy's the one that told me about it, and I cannot find it. Bro, there's no uh, way. It's it's just I a 22 foot shark. Terrifying sighting of huge shark sparks debate if megalodons still exist. Okay, let's talk about this. I do think megalodons. I mean, there's a chance that megalodons can still exist. I think that. I mean, is it like isn't there like certain parts of the ocean? Which, by the way, we just got to the deepest we've ever been in the ocean, and we found a shitload of shrimp down there. Oh, I do like shrimp. I like shrimp too, but apparently this is translucent shrimp, and there's bigger versions, and small versions, and the bottom feeders. Uh, it, it was a really cool video. I actually sat there after I ate an edible, and I I watched the entire little hour and a half. Oh my neck hour and a half of them exploring um it was it was really interesting but no megalodons no fucking megalodons down there however i do believe that megalodons can live deep down i mean i i don't know like there's a chance you know i feel like there's a chance yeah they probably evolved but there's only so much of the ocean floor that we've discovered there's there's only so much of the ocean we've explored you know, there's a lot of species we haven't even discovered yet in the ocean. Shit, there might still be some motherfucking mermaids down there. Spoiler for another episode. Oh. There might be mermaids down there or sirens. We don't know. We don't know shit. You know, there could be aliens down there that have gone down in the spaceships, developed a little society. Here's me in my tinfoil hat, by the way. Mm-hmm. A little society, and they plug out of the water and come check up on us and then dive right back the fuck in. I mean, maybe. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get into today's episode. <laughs> Today, we are covering but the first, Atlanta... But first... Welcome to the Dweller Archives. Yeah, oh yeah, but welcome... <laughs> we forgot to do that. That's why I'm welcome to the Dweller Archives. I am Father Foot Fetish. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. I am Aiden the Confused. That's what you were last time. No, it wasn't. I'm getting disappointed in these names. Oh, well, I, all right, fine. I, I am Aiden the... You know what? I am Aiden the fucking on it guy because I know who did this <laughs> shit. I called Colton multiple times while researching this fucking episode, and I know who did this shit. By the way, this is going to be a two-parter. This is a big fucking episode. This is a lot of information. I this is a we also decided that we're going to be separating the episodes up. So, once we have a topic, like this this topic is mine, so I'll be covering part 1 and part 2. Colton's going to do an episode of focus on a topic that he wants to discuss, and we're going to we're going to flip-flop. We're going to go back and forth. We feel like that's better. It really helps with research so he can dive into the shit that he wants to dive into. I can dive into the shit that I want to dive into instead of us collaborating together. So we could he can have genuine reactions to the shit that I'm saying and I can have genuine reactions to the shit he's saying. You know? Does that make sense? Did it I say does. that well? I think so. God, I can still feel the fucking whiskey, bro. Can you stop being a pussy? I'm trying. <laughs> but yes, welcome to the Dweller Archives. I am Aiden the fucking on it guy. And this is apparently Father Foot Fetish Colton. And today, we are covering the not that much spoken about the Atlanta Ripper. A.K.A. the Black Butcher. A.K.A. the Devil of Atlanta. We'll dive into the Atlanta Ripper after the word from our sponsors. And we are back. Welcome, Welcome back, back, Father Welcome. Foot Fetish. Welcome. It's good to be back. Welcome. I, did I get a sneeze? Is it gonna, oh. is it gonna happen? Is it, no. is it cumin? Oh. Is it oh. cumin? Is it? No, it's not. We're good. Oh, that's disappointing. So today, it is part one of the Atlanta Ripper. And I am so excited to do this episode because I, before I decided to get out the old Google fingers, I didn't know there was an Atlanta Ripper. And not a lot of people did. Did you know? I did not. You did not. See, you not a lot of people. You found out. Yeah, we're, we're from Atlanta. I feel like this is very big and important part of the Atlantean ATLian history and even black history of the United States. But it isn't covered. 
And we're going to get into that and why it wasn't covered that much. I had to dive deep into this subject because of the really, really, really shitty police work that was done in the early 1900s based after white versus black racism. All right. They didn't give a shit about the black community and they really didn't care on being there. And the newspapers didn't cover a lot of it until later on. So a lot of the information that we have is basically reporting the deaths and murders of the Ripper's victims. But then later on in part two, we're going to be covering the trials of suspected, suspected Ripper suspects. But... We're going to get into that later. Right now, we're going to go ahead and talk about what is a ripper. Do you know what classifies as a ripper, Colton? I'm guessing knives is what I would guess. Dude, that's fucking on it. That's on it. A ripper is a serial killer whose personal choice of weaponry is a knife or something similar. When it comes to true crime and all things stabby stab, Ripper cases actually interest me the most. I got into true crime because of Jack the Ripper. I think he is the most... I would say he, he's the most noteworthy serial killer. I, I mean, do you think... Was that the first one you ever really learned about? Mm. I think so, yeah. Yes, yeah, I think, see, I th- I think everyone dabbles in Jack the Ripper originally in the beginning... When it comes to true crime, because that is what we learn as a kid. It's not the oldest case as a serial killer, but I feel like it's the one that interests us the most when we're younger. Because his name is Jack the Ripper. It stands out. If you've never heard of Jack the Ripper, he was a serial killer who was active in the impoverished areas of London from 1888 to 1891. Most of his victims were female prostitutes who worked in the slums late at night. These victims were found cut up had the throat slashed, some were disemboweled. To top it all off, Jack the Ripper was never identified, and some even say that he escaped to America. Some of these theories, Jack the Ripper ended up in New York or New Orleans. Picking up where he left off, he spent his entire time cutting up ladies of the night and was never caught. But another theory is old Jack here hopped a boat and ended up in Savannah, Georgia. From there, he began his reign of terror once again. Almost 30 years after the events of Jack the Ripper in London, England, we visit the city of Atlanta, where me and Colton are, well, I'm from. He's farther out in Bumblefuck, Gainesville. It's not that bad, I'm good. It's pretty bad. Not that bad? It's pretty bad. We wanted to find something close to home for us in this episode, and since we're located here, Atlanta's about 10 minutes for me, and for Colton, it's about an hour. Right in our backyard. I asked around while doing research for this episode because I was genuinely curious how many people from Atlanta have ever heard of the Atlanta Ripper. The answer? Absolutely fucking none. I asked a shitload of people, all into true crime, and not one knew any information or anything about the Ripper or the Ripper killings in the early 1900s. There is a reason for this, and I said it earlier, just to no surprise, and it was because the South was ripe with racism, segregation, and lack of investigation of anything involving African-American communities. That shitty trifecta is the reason why these killings got very little attention and went under almost everyone's noses except for the community that it affected. As I said earlier, the Ripper is a serial killer that uses a blader knife to kill. But what stands out the most about the Atlanta Ripper are two things. After he cuts their throat, he then bashes their noggin in and takes their shoes. Majority of these shoes are found close to the crime scene, but some are never found at all. So Homie probably had a foot fetish. A foot fetish. A foot fetish. But he was also a huge fucking coward. He couldn't attack from the front. He had always attacked the women with some sort of blitz attack coming from behind and knocking them to the ground. So this foot fetish coward is who we're going to be covering today. There were several murders in Atlanta between 1907 and 1910. 
However, it's hard to connect the dots with these, and they can't really confirm if they're connected to the Atlanta Ripper. However, on October 3rd, 1910, a woman's body was discovered at the intersection of Hill Street and the Westwell Road track. Her skull has been fractured and almost unidentifiable. This body was 23-year-old Maggie Brooke, and she was found by her roommate, Bessie Daniel. I couldn't dig up much about Maggie Brooke. Not even what she was doing during the day or that much about her life. This goes to show how much investigation went into these women's brutal murders. But I want to tell you this. She was possibly the very first victim of the Atlanta Ripper, or some even called him the Devil of Atlanta. Bum, bum, bum. That means the devil had a foot fetish, by the way. You think he Just might saying. have a foot fetish, actually? You think the devil is sucking on toes in hell? No, I, I don't think he's. Mm. Like, I want you to get a little aroused. So I'm going to suck on your toes. See, I feel like he's like. like you think maybe he looks on. for other people with foot fetishes, too? He's like, I'm going to suck them toes while they toes. torture you. Mm. Just like your pretty face is going to hell. Great Imagine. show. Imagine. Just imagine here Just for, imagine. for a moment that uh, Henry Zabrowski's character is sucking on some toes. Well, Henry Zabrowski would suck toes, though. I, well, I could also see his character doing that. But I just see him in general sucking toes. We do have a full rant where yes. all we do is talk about him, and it's wonderful. At He's some our point, idol. You will hear He's it. our god. <laughs> At some point, you will hear this. Yeah, we're going to upload it either, I don't know, this week or next week on Instagram and TikTok. So be on the lookout for that. That'll be great. Yeah. Have you ever been stepped on by high heels? No, but... I haven't either. Nikki's walked on my back before. That's not the same. Felt good. That is not the same. It felt really good. That's that's not the same. I'll I don't walk care. on your felt back good. You it felt great. <laughs> It was also stated that after the body was found, nothing was really done to find the murderer. The police just went, well, that's it. That's all. That's that's a body. That bitch is dead. That's literally all they did. Honest to God. It was a brutal fucking murder, and they they had their their all thumbs. They're like, they didn't even report it correctly. Originally, they didn't have the woman's name. Uh, they just reported that there was a black woman as a victim to a black on black crime, pretty much. Which at this time, they did not know it was black on black crime. They just stated that it w- what it was and they ignored it. And eventually, more information came out. The reason for this is there are actually protests going on in Atlanta from the black community demanding justice. For all sorts of shit going on. And eventually there was uh, protests because of these murders. They were, they were protesting for the justice of the women that were slain. But we'll get into that later. But just this one murder even started a petition to get more involvement from the Atlanta police. However, that was pushed away and was ignored. They did not give a shit. They didn't care. In the end... It was a butchered investigation and tossed into a bin. They didn't give a shit. And you're going to see that trend a little bit more in this episode. However, this transitions into the next victim. At this point, the official reign of the Atlanta Ripper had begun. And the year is 1911. Barely even started when the body of Rosa Trice was discovered on January 22nd. In the morning, she was found less than 100 yards from her home. The article stated, (laughs) The murder had evidently been committed sometime during... I don't know why I'm giving that accent to Atlanta. To report from Atlanta. (laughs) Hold on, let me do it right. Yeah, the murder had eventually been committed sometime during the night. Uh, She had lain in... That's not even... That's not it. Give me the words and I'll do it for you. <clears throat> the murder had been had evidently been this committed is a great Atlanta sometime accent. during the night and she had lain in the street for some hours after death her body had been dragged for some distance by her assailant no weapon was left to show the manner of the crime 
The left side of her head was crushed with some blunt instrument, and she had received a stab wound in the jaw, and her throat was cut. Perfect Atlanta accent. I attempted it. We're going to remove my attempt out. Nope. Your attempt nope, needs to stay I'm because it was it. dog I, shit and everyone needs shit. to know. I sounded like I was from Boston <laughs> and New stay. Orleans. You need to leave it. Mine nope. took a minute, but as I kept going, it got better. It needs to stay. Nope. I'm removing it. It needs to stay. They need to know why ignoring I did him, <laughs> Ignoring him. Ignoring him. And it's not staying. <laughs> going back staying. to what Colton said here from that article. This sounds like something from a fucking horror movie. Like, her skull was bashed in by a blunt instrument. She was stabbed in the jaw, and her throat was cut. That honest to God... Do you remember... What was that horror movie review of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, yeah. When the guy got fucking judo chopped with the fucking cleaver? Yeah. This sounds like that. It kind of does. It sounds fucking horrifying. And what's even worse, her husband, they tried to pin it all on him... However, the coroner did an investigation and stated there was no possible way he was there and he did this, and they released him. The, the police just wanted to find somebody, and they wanted to pin it on him, and they're like, that's the guy. They're, they're, they just pointed the finger like, he, he did it, without any evidence whatsoever. So he was released, her husband was released, and he, he got to live his life, unfortunately, without his wife. That was really morbid. That was really fucking... A little bit. It's really dark. <laughs> However, from here, it goes down the slipperiest of slopes, my friends. They thought they caught the guy because of a husband murdering his wife and about cutting her fucking head off in the middle of public. This was about two weeks after Rosa Trice, so the tension was ripe in the air. It was filled with fear. On February 3rd, Charles McNeil, the piece of shit who he was, came home drunk as fuck and brutally murdered his wife Lucinda with a razor in the middle of the day, leaving her head dangling from some flesh. After she was dead, he was still angry and he pulled out a pocket knife and he kept stabbing her. Realizing what he did, he decided to leg it down the street and was chased by three other African-American men who all witnessed this absolute horrible act of brutality. McNeil was arrested, but this is the dumbest shit ever. Get ready. Someone went on the radio and said a white police officer was murdered, not his wife. And they said this man was the name of J.A. Hollis and said he was shot and killed by McNeil during pursuit. So what happened? A mob of a thousand white folk stormed the area demanding justice, only to have Hollis walk around the corner and be like, who fucking died? And all the people are like, you. And he's like, nope, I'm, I'm right here. I'm not dead. That's when they realized it was an oopsie poopsie and discovered that it was an African-American woman who was murdered. No one gave a shit because they're all white folk. At the time of 1911, they all left. And that's my issue. And I get it, it was the times, majority of white people were racist as fuck, but a thousand people showed up and no one gave a fuck about the woman who was decapitated? Not one? I feel like I would care. Wouldn't you give a shit? Wouldn't you be like, all right, so let's investigate this shit? I mean, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm saying that now in 2022, but I, f I feel like 1911 me would still be like, that's fucked. Be like, their, uh, their head's gone. Maybe we should uh, find out why. Yeah, no, they knew why. They, like, the guy murdered like, his wife, but no one gave a shit. No one was like, oh, she's dead. They're all, they just left. And like, then Hollis made the arrest. He He's the one that arrested McNeil. <laughs> After everything, they were like, no, "He's I... not dead," and then he arrest, he arrested McNeil. That's how they got him, because everyone left, and he was just like, "I'll take him in." <laughs> it's fucking stupid. The fuck? It's fucking stupid. No one was like, "Citizens arrest right now," and like grab McNeil and drag him to the ground. No, they just dipped. But getting back into it, 
After thinking they caught the Black Butcher of Atlanta, a.k.a. the Ripper, another victim was found while McNeil was in custody. On February 19th, the Grand Park, an unidentified body was found. This victim had their shoes missing and their throat was slit. This showed that McNeil was not the Ripper. However, he is a piece of shit human being who decided to come home drunk as fuck during the day and murder his wife. At this point, everyone is trying to connect almost every murder to the Atlanta Ripper without saying there's an Atlanta Ripper. I know that makes no sense. But on May 8th, 1911, the Atlanta Constitution, who refused to report the murders as being connected, stating another victim was taken. What the Atlanta Constitution believed was that there was multiple men out there doing these murders. All apparently had foot fetishes, all bashed in these women's skulls and slit their throats. They refused to connect the dots. They're saying that there's a shitload of black men out here murdering black women in the exact same way. Black on black crime. They really didn't care. However, they then stated that there was another victim, and this victim is Rosa Rivers, who lived on Randolph Street. She was shot and killed. She was accompanied by her sister during the time of the attack. And they're, and they're trying to say now, not during the time, but now this was the act of the Ripper. But I personally don't believe this because it doesn't match his MO. However, this is one of the Atlanta Ripper's quote unquote victims. It, he Usually he comes up from behind with a blitz attack, knocks you unconscious, slits your throat, bashes your skull in. He, 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 it's a brutal murder. He doesn't use a gun. Usually serial killers stick to the rituals of murder. That's it, It's just who they are. It what tickles their fancy. We've seen criminal minds. We know what an MO is, what an unsub is, why they do the things that they do. This doesn't match the Atlanta Ripper at all, but in the book, this is what it stated. This is a victim of the Atlanta Ripper. But I do want to go ahead and say that this article is only a few sentences long, making the black community of Atlanta even more tense at the time. Now, on May 28th, Bell Walker was coming home from her job as a cook on Cooper Street. This was late Saturday night. Her sister usually waits for her to get home because there's a lot of shit going on in Atlanta. There's a murderer out there. But unfortunately, Bell never walked through the front door. The little sister decided she would go to sleep and wake her up in the morning. When she went to her room after getting a few hours of sleep, she discovered that Belle's bed was empty and no one slept in it. She began to go outside and look for Belle. And this is when she discovered that the body of her sister was in the field next to the house. There wasn't that much mentioned by Belle Walker on her case and on her murder. However, her throat was slit, her head was bashed, and her shoes were removed from her body. However, like all the other victims, her shoes were found not that far away from her body. The next murder was on June 15th. Addie Watts was found near the railway line with her head bashed in from a coupling pin that was found a few feet away and her throat was slashed. This murder is, in my mind, one of the most important. This is the first time a white-owned newspaper, the Atlanta Journal, finally acknowledged the connection between the previous cases, even stating the murders are being taken out by a quote-unquote black butcher. They even go on and say that this is the new Jack the Ripper, and at the time, the term serial killer wasn't coined, but they're pretty much calling it that. They're saying it's the same guy, he's got the same murder tactic, he has, this, he has the same M.O., then they coined the term Atlanta Ripper and use it to connect to the previous crimes like stated before. However, the Atlanta Constitution reported the murders as an isolated incident once again and not connected them to anything before. They go into state and stick by their guns saying that it's by different black men doing black on black crimes against lonely women that are walking home from work. However, on July 2nd, they kind of changed their tune a little bit. Lena Sharp left her home to visit the local market. Her daughter, Emma, wanted to stay at home because of all that was going on, remembering Addie Watts, who was actually one of her friends. Because of everything going on, she begged her mom to stay at home, saying it's unsafe to leave. Her mom insisted that they need to go to the market and get a few supplies. She let her mom leave, and she stayed by the door waiting. She noticed that it was getting very, very late. 
When her mom didn't return, that's when she decided to go out looking. Which, by the way, stupid fucking idea. It's night. It's dark. If someone's missing, don't go by yourself. Especially if you're a young woman. And especially if you if you fit how the other victims are. Like, if you fit the description, call somebody or go out on your porch and go, like, get someone's attention to come help you. But she didn't do any of that. She decided to go out looking and she visited the market that her mother said she was going to go. When she arrived, she asked, have you seen my mom? Have you seen mama? <laughs> they don't sound like that in Atlanta. She asked, have you seen my mom? They, they are like, we haven't seen your mom. We have not seen Lena. We don't know where the fuck she is. Emma got worried and she began to go back home. As she was walking, a tall, dark, broad-shouldered man wearing a wide-brimmed black hat, a.k.a. the fedora, the hat man. I almost said the fedora man. God damn it, dude. It's Fedora Friday again. Oh, we're back. Oh, we're back. We're right back. No, but so it was a wide-brimmed black hat. This man started to keep up his pace with her, following by like a foot behind her. Panicking, she tried to move a bit faster to get ahead. That's when the stranger did the old razzle-dazzle and got in front of her and spoke and said, How's your day going, miss? God, you're so bad at these accents. So that's when he got in front of her and he asked how she was feeling that night. She responded, Very well, thank you. This is my best Georgia accent. I don't have a Georgia accent. <laughs> that I was like, so bad. Very well, thank you. <laughs> very well, thank you. I don't oh know how to do God. it. You say it. You fucking say it. <laughs> very well, thank you. That's the same thing I did. That is not what you did. Very well, well thank very you. Very well, thank you. Very well, well thank, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Hatting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never do that again. She started to walk even faster, trying to get away. That's when he blocked her again, stating, Don't be afraid. I never hurt girls like you. I Did I do it again? Did I fuck it up? I just wasn't going to say anything. All right. Well, I fucked it up. But he said, Don't be afraid. I never hurt girls like you. Then he quickly pulled out a knife and fucking stabbed her in the back. I think this is actually the story that I found when I was looking it up, too. Yeah, he full on was lied right to her face. I would never hurt you. Gotcha, bitch. Immediately. As Emma screamed in pain, he ran away laughing without looking back, and he legged it down an alley. Her screams brought a crowd, but no one was able to see the Ripper. No one saw him run away at this time or in that area. However, a few men decided to go out looking for her mother. And that's when they found Lena's body was around 30 feet away from where Emma was stabbed. Her body was discovered by the Seaboard Railroad tracks and her throat was slit, head bashed, sitting in a pool of blood, shoes removed from the body. They realized whoever attacked Emma Lou killed her ma. This is when the Atlanta Constitution changed up everything they said before. They took back everything they said. They then stated that there was a serial killer, quote unquote serial killer, because once again, the term wasn't coined at the time was loose in the streets of Atlanta. They even went to say, no one is safe as long as he's in them streets. He's in them streets right now. No one's safe. Stay inside. As the victim count kept pulling up, the black community started fighting back. A $25 reward was offered, which in our time now is $769.20, which would honestly pay one third of my rent. So I would rat out anyone. I thought was shady as fuck. If someone offered me $769, I would say Colton was the Atlanta Ripper. What a dick. I would, I would fucking rat <laughs> I you I don't like this second. guy, but hey. I, <laughs> I just want that it. money, dog. You gonna pay me? Oh, I'll, I'll give you a little bit. I'd, I'd take you to Taco Bell afterwards. <laughs> what a dick. After I've gone to prison. <laughs> yeah, I'll take you to Taco Bell. No, you didn't do it. We investigated you, and we know for a fact they beat the fuck out of you, because that's how they interrogated back then. But here's some Taco Bell. Yeah, cheesy gordita crunch, my dog. You deserve it. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> after the reward was offered, they even stated that there needs to be a black detective hired to do this case, to handle everything that matters to the Atlanta Ripper. And for a couple reasons. The two main ones would be, one, he would be determined to catch the killer who's plaguing his community, and the second would be, he would be welcome and not feared. 
white detectives at this time were aggressive pieces of shit who'll go around and try to beat confessions out of anyone and everyone. So if they had someone from the community show up and start asking questions, people would be a little bit more, I don't know, fucking open to talk. They even voted Henry Hugh Proctor, a pastor of the First Congressional Church, to be the detective. Henry, somewhat accepted this role without even being acknowledged by the Atlanta police, decided to hold a meeting at his church and called on every African-American to attend. While at this meeting, he told every African-American that attended in Atlanta that they needed to use whatever was at their disposal to catch this predator and to come together as one to end this murder spree. They even agreed to cooperate fully with the police force to bring in this murderer, which is saying something. Because at this time, and I mean, and now, I, I am for the police, but I am pro give police more funding and more training instead of like a shorter, instead of like a short course. You know what I'm saying? Like hold the Germany and Switzerland standards where it's like two years to get through academy. You know what I'm saying? That needs to happen. But I digress. On Saturday, July 8th, Mary Yadel. By the way, there's a lot of cooks that were murdered. A lot of cooks. Most of these women were actually cooks coming home late at night from their shift. All right, and they're butchered by the Atlanta Ripper. On Saturday, July 8th, Mary Adele, who was a cook for her family, was leaving her employer's house when she heard someone whistling in a dark alleyway. She said she saw a tall, black stranger speed walking towards her in the middle of the alley, and it caused her to scream and to run back to the house. Mr. Sel- uh, Seltzer? Mr. Selker? Seltzer? I don't know how to fucking say his name. Her employer (laughs) grabbed his revolver and quickly ran to the alley. There he saw a man lurking in the dark. So he aimed the gun, but the stranger used the dark shadows to disappear into the night. Getting police involved, Seltzer had them look up and down in the area of the alley, but they found nothing. Mary Adele was almost the next victim of the Atlanta Ripper. However, she survived and got to live another day. Just days after Mary... A man named Will Broglin was just going to work on the morning of July 10th. As he was going down the street, he noticed something odd. There were signs of a struggle, which I don't know how this man like saw signs of the str- signs of like a struggle on the ground in a city. But he he noticed there was signs of a struggle, so he investigated a trail, and he found the mutilated body of Sadie Holly. Her throat was slashed, along with her head bastion with a large stone, which was found in a field nearby. Unlike the other victims, the shoes from this corpse were never found. Usually the shoes are found 50 to 100 feet away from the body. He, I would assume the Atlanta Ripper got his jollies off by the feet, took the shoes, and as he was running, he would drop them. He did not do it in this case. But at this point, the Atlanta Ripper has the attention of the entire city. And this is when they started bringing in suspects. Right after the death of Sadie, Henry Huff, a 27-year-old laborer, was arrested. Their evidence against Huff was that he was with Sadie the night before she was brutally murdered. Police also state when he was arrested, he was wearing bloody clothes and had defensive scratch marks on his arm. In addition to this, his head was gashed. His defense was he was in a pool room fight and his blood wasn't and the blood on his shirt wasn't his. Which I get. I've been in a bar fight. It fucks you up. You have shit on your body that you had no idea was there. I've never been in a bar fight. You know, I mean it's that's good. <laughs> it's not something to be proud of. The second suspect to be brought in was Todd Henderson. This 35-year-old African-American was identified by Emily Sharp. However, the cops labeled it as a partial identification because of the wording of Emily. She said, to the best of my knowledge, which at that time, they were like, that's not fucking good enough. So they decided to have Henderson walk up to Emily and say, how you been getting along, like he said to her the night of. Which triggered Emma and made her pull back in horror, saying that's the voice she heard. She freaked the fuck out and they had to calm her down. But apparently that was not good enough to the cops. 
To add more fuel to that fire, the clerk at the grocery store even said he saw Henderson in the vicinity during the night of the murder of Emma's mother. Another witness came forward and said he was with Sadie Holly at the grocery store at 11 p.m. the night of the murder. In Henderson's defense is that he lives in that area. Because, you know, that's how alibis work. Yeah. No, it's his defense. Like, everyone knows who the fuck I am. I live in this area. Police, however, felt like this was a lie. And the detectives on the case said if this was true, they would have caught him a long time ago. Henderson said, if I was a murderer, if I was a murderer, oh, I would have pulled the old OJ. Yeah, he would have pulled the old OJ. OJ. Old J, the old J. The old OJ and would have killed his wife and she would have been the first victim. And then read a book saying, if I did it. Let's dive a little bit more into Henderson, shall we? They questioned Henderson, asking him, do you have a blade? Do you have a straight razor? Are you skilled with a blade? Henderson said, no, I don't have a razor. I never owned a razor a day in my life. When they questioned his wife, they discovered that not only does he have a razor, he sometimes uses it on her. That's not weird at all. Yeah, that's not weird. That's not a weird fucking thing. She says sometimes Henderson would cut her. Leaving small gashes in her arm. When they questioned this, he said, no, I don't, I don't have a razor. Where the fuck would I have a razor? They then found out that before his arrest, he dropped off a fucking razor at the local barber shop to get it sharpened. And he couldn't go pick it up because he was under arrest. If you look at the map of where Henderson lives, it is literally in the middle of all the other victims. Every single one, he is smack dab in the middle. It is his neighborhood. He is, turns out, was telling the truth on that part. It was his neighborhood. On the night that Emilou was stabbed, he was seen running away at a local train station, and he had a bloody rag that he dropped. Oh, yeah, because, you know, that's a normal thing for people to do. That is a normal thing for people to like do. do. Exactly. That. That's totally like bloody he, rags. Yeah, he was he, running from the direction of one, the murder of Lin, Alina Sharp, and the stabbing of Emma Lou. Seen running away from the crime, dropping a bloody rag. And know what the cops did? Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. They said all this evidence is circumstantial and they let him go. And this is where we're going to end with part one of the but, Atlanta Ripper. To be fair. To be fair. I have run from someone's house with a bloody rack before. Have you really? Yeah, I told you about the, t- the day I accidentally screwed a screw into my thumb. That's different, I, bro. I had to unscrew. No, I had, that was a lot of blood. I had to run out of their house with a rag. It's a little sketchy. A little bit. That's that's not you're you're not fleeing from a crime scene. I mean, I was fleeing from my crime scene. What? What if I bled out? I'm fleeing from my own crime scene. <laughs> it's not a crime you know, scene. You can flee from. You can bleed out from your thumb. You know. You well. I just you want can, you, to you can bleed out if you lose your thumb. It hurt really bad. Like if you get your thumb severed, I'm pretty sure you could bleed out. No. I mean, yeah, but I mean, no, I feel like I everyone in the right mind time. would cauterize it or something like that. It, it would take way too long to bleed out from your thumb, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it would, it would like, I feel like if you lose your thumb and you don't even like wrap it or apply pressure, like you have to intentionally not do something. That would take hours, I feel, or at least an hour. I mean, you'll get woozy. I feel like I need, I need hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little fucked up. The point is, it was a little sketchy. I'm running out of a house with a rag full of blood. <laughs> and that was it. It was sketchy. And that's it? like a bitch. That's it. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Thank you so much. That was, that was just great. That's what you needed to hear tonight. So we needed to hear. So yes, that's part one of the Atlanta Ripper. After this, we're going to be getting into the case of other people that were arrested. And after 
while they were in trial, the murders that were going on. As you can see, the Atlanta Ripper case is pretty, pretty, there's not a lot of information on it. There's a lot of murders, but because of the white cops and the black community, they didn't report a lot. They just said, oh, okay, this, this is what happened that day, and they didn't investigate. So there's a lot of information that's missing, and it is kind of up to me to kind of dive deep into the archives and really piece together the information. So that's why we divide into part one and part two, because I really want to get the case correct in part two. I don't want to just give like small bits of information. Yes, there's small bits of information that's provided in this book, but from what I've gathered outside of the book, did I even like quote the book, by the way? You did not. Quote your sources, bitch. So my source is the Atlanta Ripper, the unsolved case of the Gate City Ripper. It is by Jeffrey Wells. It's a great book. It really is. I highly recommend reading this if you're from Atlanta. I do think there needs to be some sort of remembrance of some kind in Atlanta for this because there's a lot of injustice in this case. I feel like a lot of things are skimmed over because of the color of the victim's skin. But it is brutal fucking murders, man. I feel that if this was properly documented, this was this would have been a, a lot more significant case than Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper only had 11 victims. The Atlanta Ripper had twice that. He had 22 confirmed fucking victims. We're not even going to cover all the victims. Some of them were just like, yep, throat was slashed, head bashing, shoes were missing, have a great day. That was as in-depth as the news articles went. So we're covering the ones that had a lot more information attached to it. You know, like there's some information on these news articles that had a lot less than Colton's story of him drilling his fucking thumb into the wall. (laughs) No, I I drilled the screw into my thumb. He drilled the screw into his fucking thumb. But you see, that's more information than there was on some of these murders. So uh, in part two, I want to make sure that the case is right and you guys get all that juicy, that juicy information. And there should be some sort of remembrance in Atlanta for these women. But on to some news. Be sure to be checking out the Patreon at patreon.com slash dwellerarchives. Be the first to support the podcast on Patreon, all right? Check it out. We're going to be bringing a lot of cool shit to there. We have shirts coming. We got merch, all that fun shit. Um, Be sure to check out the other social medias. We got Twitter. We got Instagram, Dweller Archives. But also be sure to check out the YouTube channel and the Twitch channel where we're going to be going live. Mainly Colton. Colton's going to be the one going live playing the video games and shit like that. And my voice is going to be in the background. You excited for that? No, I'm not. You're not. It's gonna be, it's gonna be horrible. I it's gonna be great. I'm fucking. I'm excited for it. Be sure to check out Colton's pretty face. Twitch.tv/slash/dwellerarchives. That's it for this episode. Be sure to check out all the shit that we plugged in. Definitely check out Joshua Farley and his band Eavesdropper, and check him out. His DJ shit is I beep you bop. They're fucking awesome. I appreciate that intro, my dude. My name is Father Aiden. And I'm Father Colton. I'm done. My voice is cracked. That sounds great. It sounds great. All right, we'll catch you guys on the next one on part two of the Atlanta Ripper. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.